Hey guys, and welcome back to 60Bcast. Today we have a special guest with us who's actually going to be our co-host from now on, uh, Amy. Hello, I'm Amy. I am the new co-host, so I hope you guys like me and stuff. Totally. All right, so this week we're going to finish out our discussion of Dollhouse. I know you hadn't been here for most of the discussion, um, but we're going to talk about episodes 11 and 12 of season one, Briar Rose and Omega. Awesome episodes, by the way. Yes, awesome episodes. Now, what what did you think of these? Were these some of your favorites of season one? Oh, definitely, definitely. Just Briar Rose. It was just like totally the edge of the seat episode. You know, when we see, you know, Paul, you know, finds the dollhouse and, you know, we find out who Alpha is. And finally. All season. Finally. <laughs> and also, you know, the first hint of, you know, Dr. Saunders with the whiskey thing possibly being a doll that, you know, kind of thrown everybody off too. So that, that was pretty awesome to, to get that little thing thrown in there wondering if she's a doll or not. It is, you know, they've kind of given you some hints throughout some of the few episodes, but this episode, they, they really kind of start bringing it to the forefront to, to let you in that. Yeah, this, this girl's probably a doll. And then of course we get Alan Tudyk as alpha which is amazing because he was on Firefly, of course. A great psycho. He really does a great psycho. He, he really did. I was a little nervous about him playing because, you know, we had heard that he had been cast in a role and, you know, we pretty much knew he was Alpha coming into the episode. But I was a little nervous because I'd only seen him as Wash. I've never seen him in anything else besides Firefly at this point. And so I didn't know how well he could do it. I mean, I knew he was a good actor. I knew he was very comedic. But I didn't know that he would take the sort of psycho killer to the level that he did in these two episodes. Right, exactly. I, I kind of was, you know, anticipating how he would play out that, you know, that character. All right, this Briar Rose episode 11, it starts out with, this is the first time we see in season one the altruistic engagements. You know, they had done this in the unaired pilot. They had made it pretty much the forefront of the episode. But as far as the actual aired season, we really haven't seen too much of this. And the one thing I did like about this was that Topher sent Echo out. In the original pilot, it was Dr. Saunders who, yes, was more believable as to wanting to help people. But I I liked that Topher sent her out in the actual aired episode, Briar Rose, because it kind of, again, showed a little bit of his evolution, just bits and pieces as he moves toward Epitaph 2. Totally. Totally agree with that. And again, I like how they bring the science into the episodes. Sometimes Joss has a tendency to kind of gloss over the technical details because his shows are so outlandish and and things like that. But I liked Topher and Ivy sitting down looking at the, the two brains and showing how Echo as Susan was playing the best possible version of this trouble girl that she was trying to help that, you know, 15 years down the road that this could be her if everything went to plan. So I like that Topher, you can tell he put a lot of time and effort into this engagement. It wasn't just something that he thought up off the top of his head to make him seem better and to kind of further his God complex that he kind of has throughout season one. So you can really tell that he he spent time and was meticulous in his work to set up this engagement. I I agree with that. You know, just the whole thought of it and you know, imprinting Echo as, you know, 
little Susan basically, you know, grown up, but like he explains, you know, with the help and, and to actually have her going to little Susan, I guess as big Susan grown up, it's kind of hard to explain. Um, and to know, you know, the right things to say and to really give her, you know, a, a positive look on life and not look at everything so negative as, you know, you saw when, you know, Echo was first reading Briar Rose and, you know, she totally just lashed out. You you could see the the horrible emotional pain that she had from her life experiences and you know it's just really amazing that that they would have thought to do that imprint and I don't know just amazing writing again by Jane Espenson who wrote the episode and just amazing. Um, our next scene we shift to sort of the abandonment of the Paul and Millie relationship. He's been pretty cold to her these past few episodes after he's figured out that she's a doll in episode nine. He's pretty much he's he's been kind of weird uh you know one minute he'll hate her then the next minute he's having sex with her and then he hates himself for it and so he's kind of taking all his frustration of the dollhouse out on Millie and he kind of shows that here as he pretty much shuts off and Millie breaks down but we see that there's sort of an ulterior motive to his anger that yes he is sending her away he's being ugly to her but we realize that He's trying to find the dollhouse, and he knows that this is his best chance of finding the dollhouse, to to follow her. And so I, I like this scene a lot. Yeah, and just, and both of the actors in, in, that, in that scene were phenomenal. I mean, it was heartbreaking how well Miracle, you know, played that out, and, and how um, Tomo was just being as cold and as standoffish and and rude as he could be. It was it was a hard thing to watch and then to see Melly on the bridge and leaning over, you know, looking down into the traffic, you know, I was thinking, Oh no. Oh no, what's Exactly. It's like do? please don't and, let her jump. And then, you know, you see the hand come up on her shoulder and you're like, Is it Paul? And it's it's the handler and they're putting her in the van, and then it's like, oh, no, Paul set this up. He is following the van, and he is going to find the dollhouse. Amazing. Exactly, and I, I have to completely agree with you on Miracle Lori. She just knocked it out of the park in this scene. She's been sort of laid back in, I guess, her role in the, the show. She hasn't had, she's had some emotional things, but she hasn't, I guess, come to the forefront. Right, exactly. Um, but in this scene right here, just again with these two, just being completely cold to her, and then her just, I, I really believed her reaction to this. That, And I know a lot of people, you know, they were big Paul and Millie fans. Um, oh, yeah, there, I was. There's probably more Paul and Millie fans than there are, are Paul and Echo fans. Um, I, I, I'm, a, I'm a Paul and Echo fan, um, but I did like their relationship in season one. Um, so this this definitely was, a, uh, again, a hard scene to watch. And this also kind of shows Paul not believing that dolls are real people. You know, in season one and the first part of season two, he can be pretty cold as far as these aren't real people. They have no feelings. Even in Meet Jane Doe in season two as he's with Echo and they're out of the dollhouse for, I think, about three months, 
you know, he doesn't have sex with her and things like that because he doesn't believe that she's a real person. It's right. only after he becomes a doll that he believes, he realizes that, again, these people may not be, have been born like us. They may not be your conventional person, but they do have feelings and they, they feel everything. They don't just go through the motions. They're not robots. They 100% feel all these emotions that the dollhouse is sending them out to do. Um, our next scene that we come to, we have the dollhouse getting a memory stick. We're not sure what's on it. It's been sent to Dominic, who, of course, has been placed into the attic. And Adele decides to wake him up kind of in an unconventional way. And this is the first time we see Victor playing another person from the dollhouse. You know, um, he does this so well. We, of course, his role as Topher in season two became iconic. But I really liked him um, in Verjoka playing Dominic as well. I, th I thought he did a great job kind of setting his cold tone and, and things like that. I, I thought he, he played him pretty well. Oh, yeah. And just the, the, the sarcasm. And I mean, even down to the facial expressions that you would see, you know, uh, Dominic or, or, you know, Diamond Reed have. I mean, he really got down to, you know, Dominic Reed as as a person. He he did. Um, it was just phenomenal. Phenomenal how he did that. I mean, once I saw that scene, I knew that Anvere was just a, a wonderful actor. I, I He could go about anywhere. He's, he's amazing. Yeah, you're right about that. I mean, I, I don't know that he's the... I know a lot of people say he's the best actor in the Whedonverse. I don't know if I'd go that far, but I would say he's definitely the most versatile. So he can play, I mean, just completely different characters. And so... I thought he did a great job. This scene also does another thing. It gives us another hint to suspect Dr. Saunders as a doll. You know, they're sedating Victor or Dominic in the chair, and he, he's calling out for everybody to help, and of course he calls out for whiskey. Now, some may have glossed over it, and uh, I guess, hey, maybe you need an alcoholic drink, obviously, what they're doing to him. Um, but of course we come to find that Dr. Saunders is actually whiskey, so we do get another hint in that direction. A lot of things happened in this episode. A lot of things changed. A lot of things opened up and, and a lot of, you know, information that we've been, we've been waiting for questions to be answered. This was a big episode. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I thought that again, the writers and the actors just, uh, especially these last two episodes, just, they were at the top of their game with this. Um, and, to me, this was the best kind of episode format. It wasn't exactly, it wasn't the standalone episodes, which I didn't mind standalone episodes kind of, you know, like they did in season two. They were centered, you know, throughout the season. But right. the main thing was mythology. And that's what I liked about this is we get a small engagement that's very interesting uh, with Echo, but we also have a lot of smaller stories that are happening that are just as important as the engagement that echoes on, if not more important. Um, so I, again, liked this episode format better than sort of the first five episodes that, that they did of Dollhouse. It, it really kept you more, um, I don't know if, if in tuned is, is the right word to use, uh, you know, about this episode. It's just like, you didn't want to blink. You, you, you couldn't walk away. It was just one thing after another. I don't know. How can I describe that? Yeah. 
I'm, I'm with you. Describe that. <laughs> I, I promise I got you. Um, it, it was, it, and this episode just had to set up so many big things that were to come, you know, in Omega and later down the road. And I, I have to say, I liked Eliza Dishku as Susan here. I thought she did, most of her imprints are kind of ballsy, you know, loud kind of characters throughout season one. And this was kind of a subtle character. And I thought she did a really great job showing her range here that, yes, she could do faith-style characters and she could do those really, really well. But I can also do other things well. Exactly. Exactly. I think this was one of the first times within any Whedon show that, that she had been in, you know, which of course the only other character she really was, was Faith. And, um, you're right with all the other imprints that we had already seen in season one, this one did stand out and to watch Eliza, you know, not be the, the kick ass or, you know, with the more romantic, and Prince, this one, I mean, she really did awesome. I agree with that. Now, we, as we kind of pan back to Ballard, we still find that after he's found the dollhouse, you know, he says he's gone throughout the building that you can see, and he's realized that there's a smaller building that's underneath the main building that they're trying to hide, and he finds Stephen Kepler, who has sort of created the vanishing building. It's, everything is recycled, so... They use the least amount of power, the least amount of water to almost look like there's nothing there but the main Rawson building. And, of course, we see Alan Tudyk as Stephen Kepler. And So funny. He, insanely hilarious. I have people that never really watched Dollhouse, and they've seen this episode, and they're like, we have to watch the rest of this. Is he in every episode? And I'm like, no, he's not in every episode, but, you know, the show's great. But every, every line that he has as this imprint as Steven Kepler is just is gold and I, I love when they finally get to the dollhouse and it, Ballard and they finally get inside of course with all of Steven Kepler's neuroses all his fears and things um, they finally get inside and I, I just love Ballard walking in and just saying that this is it it's real I, all this that I've been through this year of being kicked off the force of, you know, Melly and and just all these things that have happened that I'm finally standing dead center in the dollhouse. Yeah, and I wasn't crazy. I, I I did all this for a reason. And I just, I, I liked that scene of him just, I'm here. No matter what happens from now on, I'm right. I'm 100% right and you cannot take it away from me. So I liked that. And I liked him, him seeing Lubov. And realizing that pretty much everybody in his life is a doll. Everybody and everything he knows is has been planted by either Alpha or the dollhouse. And and I love Victor here after Boyd is has attacked Ballard for trying to get Caroline out of the dollhouse. And, you know, they end up crashing into his pod. And Victor in Doll State, Inver just killed it every week. There was there was no better doll as far as just complete innocence while in that in that form. And I love when he's talking about that Claire comes in and people were fighting on me. And it was yeah, just it was just so sad and so innocent. And um, so I thought, again, he did a great job of that. 
He does. He does a really, um, just, you're right, every episode, amazing performance with with the innocence and just just being in the doll state, I think. I mean, he does stand out out of every other actor in that episode that is a doll. He He's amazing. I agree with you on that. And, and I love how after, you know, we finally see the real Alpha, I like how he quickly changes from Stephen Kepler, the geeky guy who's been pretty much wimpy throughout the entire episode, and he just turns it on so quick into actually Alpha, the, the killer. And just the look on his face as, as he cuts Victor up and he's messing with Dr. Saunders' head and sort of playing with her about her not really being a person. But just Alan Tudyk, and this is where I really, you know, I could see him easily as the Kepler role again with after seeing him as Wash and Firefly. But when he turned this on and just went all out, crazy psycho killer it just it worked so well and i liked the end kind of with the music and the way they were they were walking it almost gave them like a spike and drusilla vibe from buffy oh totally totally and and we'll sit in nancy uh aspect yeah but I, i thought that was a great moment to end the show with absolutely and um a thing to kind of skip back a little bit on um is, you know, when we're watching, um, you know, Paul and, and Boyd fight with Tamo's, like, boxing or, or kickboxing background, it's just interesting to watch him fight because you you see those boxing and kickboxing skills coming out through the throughout the fights, and I just thought that was really interesting because you don't just see you know punches thrown and you know uppercuts it's just he fights totally different and I think that in the fight scenes he he brought something something different to him I think it made it a lot more interesting oh no doubt and especially that's what makes the fight in men on the street between him and echo probably definitely in my top five Whedon fight scenes but he kind of took the fights throughout all of Dollhouse to a new level and I like that as well. All right, for an overall rating, what would you give this episode? Rating this episode without hesitating, I I would say an A. This was one of my favorite episodes between both seasons. Awesome. That's my exact rating. I had an A for it. And again, just another strong showing and this season as it went on just got better and better. And even as we moved into season two, again, it started off Vows as probably one of my favorite episodes of the entire series, but it just, with every episode, this show gets better. And so I thought this, they knocked it out of the park with this one. All right. Omega. Of course, it's written by Tim Muneer, who does amazing, amazing episodes in the Whedonverse. This episode, to me, just all the actors' performances... The imprints that were in this episode, Crystal, that Eliza does, is probably my favorite imprint that she does throughout season one. So, great, great episode. Absolutely. All right, so we see Amy in the beginning of the episode. Uh, Like you said, she's stronger than ever in this episode. I wasn't a huge fan of her character in season one. She was okay. She, um, She did, I guess, the moral debates that she needed to do. But I, I just... I didn't take to her character as much as I took to some of the others. Not that I didn't like her. Right. There um, just wasn't much controversy with her character or stuff that really, you know, 
made her character stick out like everybody else's. She was kind of didn't have a lot of scenes and she was, you're right, just like, you know, I think she was more like the quiet one, just didn't have a lot of exciting scenes. And this was totally different. Absolutely. Totally I mean, different. Just, just phenomenal. I, I love her coming up to Topher in the beginning and, and bringing up all those questions that Alpha threw into her head at the end of uh, Briar Rose about her. Did she always want to be a doctor? Doctor, right. And, and just putting all those things. And she's almost like glitching. And she's just so cold when she says it. She's so just her tone is is just flat. And she's just, she knows she's a doll. She She feels it. And she knows that Topher knows. And, and again, you know, they haven't always been the... Gotten along very well exactly. at all. The bestest of friends. Exactly, exactly. And so, you know, she's blaming blaming Topher for this whole Alpha situation. And just, she's throwing all these questions at him because she knows after this that, that she is a doll. She doesn't have the proof yet, but she knows that she is and she knows he knows. And so I, I liked Amy in this scene. She just, she killed it. And, um, you know, when she's patching up um, Victor's face and, again, with the innocence that Anver does and, you know, asking, you know, you know, if he could still be his best. And she's like, you know, you're you're not your best. You know, you're ugly. And. That, that was, they both did that scene really well. That was, that actually brought tears to my eyes. That was, it was, it was heartbreaking for both of them because they were both going through their own pain. And, you know, like she said, she was not going to have pity for him at all because of what she was going through at the time. Exactly. She could, more than anybody else, she could exactly relate to him because, you know, she's, she knows that she's a doll and she knows that maybe at one time she was her best and now there's no way that she could be her best with those scars that are on her face. And, you know, they've kind of cast her aside and just said, okay, well, she's got scars. She can't be the number one active anymore. So let's just throw her in this. We need a new doctor. Alpha killed our old one. So let's just throw her in this. Exactly. So you can really tell her insecurities coming out as she's basically yelling at, at Victor and, and all those things that she's, she's shouting at him is all the insecurities that she feels about herself. Herself, exactly. Um, and I liked the line between Amy and Fran when he's like, who can fathom the mind of a crazy person? And, and she replies to him, the one who made him crazy. And so that kind of sets Topher for Epitaph, you know, how he is in the Epitaph series, because... He, he really starts to think, and it really does make him sad, and you can tell throughout this episode, and even some in the last episode, that he's really starting to realize sort of the repercussions and the damage that he is creating, that it's, it's much bigger than him just being a science genius. It, it's real people, it's real lives that he's affecting every day, and you can kind of start to see that in his character. Exactly. Um, like, you know, when he's first explaining to Ivy you know, about what he did with the Susan imprint. And he says, you know, this feeling, it is not unlike pride. Is it at the end of Briar Rose when Echo comes up and, like, touches 
his chest where his heart is, or is that the end of Omega? It's actually the end of Omega when when she comes up to him and you can tell that he's in he's in pain from everything that's happened. And you know, Doctor Saunders finding out that she's a doll, and Echo kind of comes up to him and and just puts her hand over his heart, gives him a little a little piece. So that that attitude of you know being a god that 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 quickly uh, that quickly goes away. I'm glad they brought this out early too. Again, with them not having, I think, 26 or 27 episodes, it would have been kind of off to see him be completely you know, show no signs of humanity in season one, and then all of a sudden in season two, okay, now he starts to feel, you know, what happened. So I like that they started out early, showing that, you know, him feeling and seeing these things that. It gave his his arc in the series uh, a little bit more of a believability to it. The thing that I love about this episode that that really makes it stand out to me is just the interaction between Echo and Alpha, starting with Crystal and Bobby, their their country sort of Bonnie and Clyde type imprints. Just their whole interaction and Eliza and and Alan just play this just to perfection. Just. I don't know. I really like their scenes together throughout this episode. Great chemistry. They have great chemistry with each other. They do. And, you know, Alpha has all these personalities that are kind of kicking in, and he's going in and out of Bobby and, and other personalities. And, you know, Crystal's such a a, a one-note personality. She's not really – she's not the brightest of the bunch, I guess you could say. Yeah, it's, we could say airhead. We could possibly say airhead. There you go. Airhead. Great, great word for um so to see her react to all these things that that Alpha's throwing out there, and all these big words and these and these big things of imprinting these people and putting them in this chair and stuff, just her reaction and not understanding of of, of any of it was hilarious to me. It was totally hilarious. And this episode also offers us quite a few flashbacks to kind of fill in some blank areas that we've had. We see in the beginning, we get some flashbacks to show Whiskey as a doll, and um, which is actually the imprints that Alpha and Echo use in the episode of Crystal and Bobby. You know, we see them torturing clients, and then we eventually see why it is that Alpha cut up Whiskey's face. We had assumed, of course, that she was Dr. Saunders, and she was just a member of the of the staff of the dollhouse and got in the way. So she had been cut up, but we learned that whiskey was actually the number one doll, which echo is now. And alpha alpha didn't take too much to that. Um, no, right. As, as Caroline is, is walking the dollhouse and he just immediately is, has some sort of attraction to her. And, you know, with him trying to kiss her, in the hall and we knew that that something you know wasn't was not right there because no doll would have that would have that i guess capability that emotion um exactly and you know they're supposed to be their sexual drives are as we've seen in previous episodes are supposed to be completely gone so uh, you know we can see that again how alpha was evolved as opposed to the regular actives and coming up and kissing Echo. And the handler probably, this is where he probably should have stepped in and seen some things and taken this to Adele because no other dolls are going around kissing each other and things like that. So 
again, I think if they would have watched him a little better, and, you know, as they do with Echo, they keep a great eye on Echo throughout the entire series of all the little things that she's evolving into. Right, and, and with so, Dominic constantly telling Adele to send her to the attic. and Exactly, and so I think they kind of they learned quickly that, that we don't want another alpha incident. I do want to talk a little bit about Sierra as the bounty hunter. Um, the only thing that, and I love this episode, again, like I said, it's my favorite episode of the season, but the only thing that I wish we would have had time to find some way to put in was the bounty hunter scenes between Sierra and November. I wish they could have made it into the series because I know like a lot of people were, at the end of the episode, there really wasn't a big finish with Alpha. He was just kind of, he ran up the stairs and he was gone. Gone, right. And, you know, of course, if you've seen the deleted scenes, you know the actual scene that happened. And I, lo- I loved Sierra and November. I loved them in these roles. I loved Deachin. Uh, I thought they did a really great, just quiet confidence. Uh, so I thought they did a really great job as that. So I wish those scenes could have been in the episode. And... um you know, and when they first arrive to the warehouse, you know, on their motorcycles, you know, of the deleted scene and um, Boyd and Paul are kind of looking at each other, you know, of, of what to do. And Boyd, you know, almost starts to suggest something as Paul is like, no, no, I'll handle this. And as they're walking towards him, he's like, you need therapy. And so they just punch him, and he just falls to the ground, and, and Boyd runs over, and he goes, it's, it's treatment. You need a treatment. <laughs> yeah. So that, that was so funny. I really wish that would have been in the episode. That was, that was It kind of brought a really good little bit of humor in there for, for you know, how the episode was going to play out. And um, in the deleted scene, doesn't Alpha um, try to activate November's... Um, trigger her her sleeper of the the three flowers in a in a vase he does he he tries to to activate her i guess to go off on maybe the rest of them so he could get away um and then he of course asks them do they need a treatment which kind of cuts off he knows too many things about the dollhouse to be to be taken out by a regular doll right as paul and boyd are trying to sort of piece together how to find alpha and how to find caroline we see him, again, that's where we see the flashback of what happened to Whiskey. And they're asking, who's the first person that Alpha went after? Who was the one that he most wanted to get rid of? And we see that he's not a big fan of original personalities, as he, of course, has smashed one of Caroline's wedges and taken one with him. And also the first thing he did was smash his own wedge, because he believes that they are pretty much a superior being. They've they've ascended and they're better than everyone else. They're stronger than everybody else. They have all these personalities in their head that they can call on at pretty much any time. You know, we see exactly how Alpha is sort of turned into this being. We see that they were trying to actually wipe him after he's cut up whiskey and they put him in the chair and he's fighting everybody and he seems to be okay after they say, do you want a treatment? And then we see how the 48 personalities are pretty much dumped into his head and and kind of created a schizophrenic personality that just, he's not very good, you know, as Echo gets all these personalities, she can kind of go in and out as she pleases. But Alpha is sort of left to 
them all fighting out in his head. He wasn't quite as good as at wrangling in all those personalities. So that was that was funny to see Tudak play all those roles. Absolutely, absolutely, and and they call it um, the technological anomaly. Yeah, <laughs> with them being dumped with with all those imprints, with some of them being you know schizophrenic, multiple personality, and, and I'm sure that didn't help either with all the imprints, you know, being in there to try to be somewhat sane. That probably didn't help either. Yeah. Another great thing about this episode is the interaction between Echo and, and Caroline herself as, you know, they've kidnapped Wendy, I believe it is, and imprinted her with Caroline's original personality because he wants Echo to basically kill herself so that she can just be this Omega as Alpha calls her. But I, I loved their, their banter together. I, th- I thought they did, especially when she's imprinted with Crystal. Um, just their their banter between each other is is pretty hilarious as you know caroline sees her body on the other side of the room with some idiot pretty much imprinted and you know she's kind of sitting in this chair like what is going on so I, i like their interaction and i think the best moment is when echo jumps out of the chair she's been imprinted with all those personalities and she is omega i guess you could say um, but that was a powerful moment for the character of Echo, kind of stepping up and and getting into all those personalities, the the new superior people with a little German thrown in. <laughs> yeah, with a little German thrown in, and so. and the, the line, you know, I get it now, and she keeps repeating it, you know, I get it now. Yeah. Just the whole speech right there, you know, said a lot about who Echo becomes. You know, when we, as we see in the beginning of season two, and I liked the uh, the other conversation that that Echo had once she's had all these personalities in her, and she's loosening Caroline's ties and things. And I, I like her saying that she's just the porch light waiting for Caroline to come home. I thought that was a a strong scene and a, a strong line for the episode. Absolutely, absolutely. And then, of course, we see. Boyd and Paul, as we talked a little bit earlier, finding the first victim of Alpha or his original personality um, and noticing that this again kind of takes to the you can't wipe away a soul because you see that she has similar scars to what he's done to Victor, what he's done to Whiskey and, and other people that he's killed. And you see the original personality of Alpha, even though, yes, he's had all these personalities dumped into him. It's still, at its core, he is his original self. He was always sort of a little off-kilter, I guess you could say. Um, so it was nice for the writers to kind of staple that fact that you can't really, you can put all these people on top of and say that they're they're wiped, but really you can't wipe away who they are, you know, at their core. And we see that, you know, with Echo echo as well with you know we see in flashbacks throughout season one of caroline being a determined strong woman you know who will not let anybody you know put her down or try to take her down in any way and that personality you know her soul who she really is 
And we totally see that in Echo. Uh, as we end the episode, we see that Alpha's ran away. Caroline has saved her wedge. Um, and we also see that Dr. Saunders has found the computer file with her original personality. But she didn't open it. But she found definitive proof that she was a doll. And so I liked, I know I say I like everything, but it, it was great to see, again, the interaction between her and Topher as she's sort of found this computer file. And you really wonder in this episode why she didn't open it. Why didn't she look at who she was? Right. I, I think they really brought that to the forefront in the season two premiere, Vows, as she's a person. She may be created in a lab by Topher, but Dr. Saunders is an actual person through and through, and she'll cease to be a person if she finds out who she really was. If they put that original personality back into her, it's almost killing her. She'll cease to exist. And so I liked that they sort of explained that a little better as we went into season two as to why exactly she didn't open that file. And um, in the question, you know, she asked Topher is, why did you, I don't remember the exact line, why did you imprint me or why did you make me to to hate you so much? And that kind of drew up some, some questions because you really think back all through season one, you know, they never got along. They called each other names and they were always going back and forth about how each other were wrong or what they were doing wrong. And then when she asked that, it really, it kind of makes you think like, why does she hate or, you know, constantly disagree and does not get along with Topher? Yeah. And of course we realize exactly why that is in vows again. So I, I liked that those two kind of merged together and, and answered a few of our questions so early on. And the end sequence here, you know, we had the song playing. Um, Everybody's Gotta Learn Sometime. That was actually used in Eternal Sunshine of a Spotless Mind, which is also about, you know, sort of erasing your mind and getting rid of things in your past that maybe aren't your best memories. And so I, I liked Josh giving a sort of ode to a movie that he's said before that he was a big fan of. And so he kind of used that song in this in this scene as well. But the whole end sequence with Ballard agreeing to work for the dollhouse in return for Madeline's release, who Medley's release, um, I, I really liked that he chose for her to be released. Right, because the total, because it, you know, you're you're thinking it's obviously Caroline that that was that was Paul's whole mission for season one is to find Caroline and to get her out of there. So when you hear him talking, you know, you know, I will help you or I don't work for you yet, you know, you know, and talking about, I forget the line. I don't know if you remember it about the girl. So we're like, oh, is, is Caroline leaving? And then, then walks in and Madeline. And I, I think that was, you know, I liked, obviously you couldn't have had a season two without Echo, but that was totally unexpected totally. I, I liked that it sort of you know he's been pretty bad to her for three or four episodes he's just put her through the ringer and of course she's had no 
idea why. I mean, she didn't know she was a doll. She didn't know those things. And so this did give it a little payoff that he was so bad to her, but yet he got her out. He got her out early. And so I thought that was a nice ending to their storyline in season one. And our the final moment of the episode is Echo getting into her pod and saying the words Caroline, or the word Caroline. And, of course, this is actually where the unaired pilot ended. So it, it was weird to see the actual season end on this same note, but I thought it, I thought it was a nice note to begin season two with. Right, because we... we now see that you know with all them because you know at the end of Omega you know when they bring her into the imprint chair they want to completely wipe out all of those imprints that that um, Alpha had put into her head so we think she's, she's just back to, to Echo and then you know we think then when she says that it's like oh well they really can't eraser she she has this memory even though they did wipe her so so what's going on here it was a good way again to end season one and and move into what all happens in season two and sort of her self-realization in the first few episodes before she officially becomes echo as we know her at the end of the series so we we realized echo is remembering paul is now part of the dollhouse and, you know, we all, everybody's pretty much assuming it's it's still all about Caroline. Um, Dr. Saunders is a doll. We know that. Um, Madeline is gone, November. She is not a doll anymore. So we think that she's gone. But obviously she comes back in at season two. And we also see the changes that um, that happened with Topher. Coming back down from... The pedestal that that he was on, and starting to kind of to question things and question what he's doing, and so there's there's a lot of things that 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 change at the end of season one. All right, what would you rate Omega? Oh, A plus. A plus for me as well. A, we're, a plus. We're right on with our ratings. <laughs> a, a plus. All right. Any any comments before we go? Um, again, um, my name is Amy. I am the new co-host for, um, podcast 60B. Um, this was my first podcast ever. So, you know, I might stutter and, um, and absolutely and exactly a lot, but, um, I hope you all really enjoyed it. I am, I am really excited to be part of this podcast being a total hardcore weed night as, as as best as it can possibly be that that's totally me um so i hope you all enjoyed it and thank you for listening and um i don't know shiny all right and of course i'm justin and i actually don't think i've ever said my name on this podcast in six episodes but again i thank you all for for coming back week to week and listening to me kind of ramble my ADD kicking in and talking a little bit about Dollhouse. <laughs> and I hope you'll stick with us as Amy will be here from now on, which I'm very excited about. I had a lot of fun with this podcast. Me and too. So I hope you'll stick with us. We're actually going to start doing some movies uh, 
different sci-fi films and maybe some that aren't sci-fi. And, and of course, we'll keep up with the, the Buffy and Dollhouse and other Whedon shows, doing some podcasts here and there on those as well. So I hope you'll stick with us. And again, if you have any comments, just email me at podcast60b at yahoo.com. Or you can leave a comment on the website, 60bcast.net. And you can download us on iTunes as well. So thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. Thank you, guys. Bye. Change your heart. Look around you. Change your heart. It will astound you. And I need your loving Like the sunshine